Yeah, the Matildas, great win last night to kick off their campaign right here in Perth. 2-0 against Iran at HBF Park. They'll take to the field at Optus Stadium on Sunday and then back to HBF uh, next Wednesday. Joining us down the line this afternoon to chat all the latest out of the Matildas is football expert and contributor with Beyond 90. Neil Bennett is with us. Neil, good afternoon. Good afternoon. That's very kind of you to call me an expert. <laughs> I'm not sure I fit that description, <laughs> but I'll take it. <laughs> well, uh, we're glad to have you with us, uh, Neil, on the program today. The Matildas, uh, a little bit rusty last night, but uh, all in all, they got the win. They did what they needed to do. Yeah, they did. Um, and to be fair, um, Tony Gustafsson, the Matildas coach, had sort of alluded to the fact that it was going to be very difficult for them to have a fluid performance uh, given that many of the players had only arrived a day or two beforehand, they hadn't been together for nine weeks since the World Cup. Um, jet lag obviously takes a part in that. And also the fact that the uh, Iranians literally parked the bus um, and just made life very, very difficult. So getting the win was good. I'm sure he would have liked to have got a few more goals under his belt, but um, the three points is very important at this stage. Well, that's it at the end of the day. And you're right, they did park the bus. They barely moved the ball forward. And I guess it was uh, good in a way for the Matildas to be able to maintain that possession and uh, treat it almost like a training drill at times, uh, even though they still respected what Iran could do. And they still uh, struggled at times to get that ball to the back of the net, like you said. Uh, I guess it's something they will have to work on moving forward is being able to, to pick apart that tough defence when teams do park the bus. Yeah, and uh, again, in his post-match comments, um, Gustafsson made mention of the fact that they were trying to do a few different things as well in in breaking down uh, such a compact low block the way that the Iranians were set up. I mean, at times you had nearly 17, 18 players in the penalty area, and it's next to impossible to get the ball into the net from that. But he, he did say he was pleased that they didn't just try to go around the side and throw crosses in. They, they actually tried to play their way through. Um, but I think on occasions, there could well have been uh, attempts to draw the Iranians out of the shell uh, and, and entice them onto the ball a little bit higher up the pitch and then try and get in behind it. But certainly I felt that once the second half introduction of Catley, uh, Fowler and, and Kerr, um, the tempo down the left flank in particular, really, really put them under pressure. And the Iranian coach, she said that they just found it impossible to get out um, and were really struggling with the corner kicks as well. And Catley's delivery from those was was outstanding. And uh, on one occasion there, I think Alana Kennedy, it was probably easier for her to score than, than this. But uh, yeah, they put them under huge pressure. They just couldn't get that, that final touch there was always a body in the line or the touch was just off or something like that. But two goals could have been five or six quite easily, but I'm sure Tony will be working on things for the game on Sunday. What did you think of Mary Fowler last night? I thought she was just about the Matilda's best, even though she only played, what, half an hour or so. <clears throat> but her touch was just outstanding. Some of the balls that she played were superb. Yeah, um, you know, that was obviously um, across the park, from the start, there was a difference in ability and, and, and standard. You could see that between the two teams. But that raised another level, as you mentioned, when Fowler came on. And I thought her combinations with Catley were outstanding. But her passing range, we always knew it was good. And, and you get to see that first time. And it, it is exceptional. 
Um, but again, in the post-match comments, um, Gustafsson made mention of the fact that with her playing at Manchester City now and being used as a wide player rather than through the centre, it's brought another dimension to her game. And he was also keen to to point out that she's playing at a higher tempo now as well. And international football, that can be the key um, for, for those decisive moments. And yeah, she seemed to have the ball on a string and just stood out head and shoulders. And it was interesting that she was playing out and then you had Ellie Carpenter that was playing in. Um, so rather than her bombing down the line, she was taking the ball inside um, to great effect, especially in the first half. And then her combinations with Courtney Vine caused a great deal of problems for the Iranian defence as well. So some very encouraging signs. Claire um, Wheeler. Oh, sorry, go ahead, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, Claire Wheeler, that was another one that was I was going to mention. She was another one that was singled out for praise, and she was outstanding. I mean, they didn't have much to do, the two um, sort of holding midfielders, her and, and Van Egmond, but her work in front of that back three was outstanding. She sniffed out, just snuffed out anything that was coming her way um, and then got the ball in motion and got going. But then she went on a mazy dribble during the second half to just show what she can do uh, when the ball's at her feet. And also as well, uh, playing in that back three, Charlie Grant... Um, showed her offensive capabilities by getting down the line on occasions and overlapping with uh, with Yallop. Um, so there was a lot to, to be very positive about, and I suppose the only criticism is that there wasn't any more goals, really. Mm. Uh, Sam Kerr, what did you what did you make of uh, her performance? She came on and, and did score that goal, and she's going to be a key part throughout these three games, um, despite the fact that we won't see her playing the full 90 minutes, all in all, but um, yeah, Sam Kerr. I mean, just the star factor alone. She uh, yeah. she just has that presence, doesn't she? Absolutely. I mean, every time she got off the bench, the crowd erupted, um, and then when they could see she was stripping off, the the noise levels just went up another notch. And yeah, Sam Kerr does Sam Kerr things. Um, I mean, the goal was on a plate. Um, there's no doubt about that. But there was a cross in from Fowler, which I think very very few female players in the world, and perhaps very few male players, would have actually got ahead to it. Her timing of a jumping, her aerial presence is just phenomenal. And the way that she brings players into the game as well, uh, balls are knocked into her incredibly difficult angles and, uh, you know, fizzed in really, really, really quickly. But she just has the ability to get the ball under control and to get things moving. And you can see the other players lift when she comes on as well. I think the only other player on the pitch that the crowd probably reacted to with as much sort of excitement was uh, was Ellie Carpenter when she was going but Kerr is another level uh, there's, there's no doubt, doubt about that and I would actually be surprised if she didn't start on Sunday against the Philippines because I think Gustafsson wants to make a make a statement against that team um, and I think he may well try and put potentially his strongest side out uh, there was no Caitlin Ford for example and I think she's likely to get a run uh, Razo as well Hayley Razo didn't get a run so I think that there will be some significant changes from that team that started on uh, the start of the game last night. But um, that bench he had was pretty special, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, it was. It was very special. And um, like you said, I mean, they made a clear difference when they did make a few substitutions in that second half. Um, what was the atmosphere like there last night? Neil, you were there live for the game. What was it like? It was great. I mean, the last time the Matildas played was five years ago, and there was 7,500 in the ground for that one. 
And that was nice, you know. It was great to see the Matildas play, and they won quite comfortably against Thailand. But last night, I think the impact that the World Cup has had on the women's game brought in a whole new swag of people who've probably never been to a women's game before. And the level of excitement uh, as the teams ran out for the warm-up was palpable. You could feel everybody was just so excited to see the Matildas at last. And being the first game after the World Cup, which was just an incredible tournament, it was quite a privilege to be there. Um, You know, there was over 18,500 people there. um, And they made some pretty decent noise. But it has to be said that the Iranian fans that were there were, you know, obviously vastly outnumbered. But they were making their attempts to, Mm. to be heard as well. And they didn't stop for the whole game. They just kept shouting and cheering for their team. So... Yeah, the atmosphere is fantastic. And with 60,000 in Optus on Sunday, um, I think it'll be raised another notch. Um, and Ellie Carpenter made mention of that when she was talking after the game, that really that 12th man sort of factor that the crowd brings into it is, is really beneficial. So, yeah, if uh, those that are going along and are lucky enough to get a ticket, make some noise because it's going to be quite an event, I think. And you have to feel they'll have uh, quite an advantage in terms of their size, their strength uh, and physicality. I mean, last night when you looked at the game, Iran really didn't deal with that very well. And you have to feel against the Philippines and, and Chinese Taipei, it'll probably be in a similar vein. They'll have that advantage in, in their physicality. Well, I think with the Philippines, um, they're no shrinking violets. So the physical side of the game, I think, they could well find themselves being matched in that aspect. But it, it is the, the X factor that players like Kerr and Razzo and Ford and Fowler bring that the other teams in this group just don't have. And for sure, um, the Philippines are likely to try and adopt a defensive mindset. But they've got players that can hurt on the counter. Mm. So there's going to have to be a little bit more discipline, I think, from the Matildas in the defensive duties. Uh, not to say that they weren't disciplined uh, yesterday. They had little to deal with, but what they did, they they did very well. So there will be, um, they, they won't be completely gung ho, um, but that will play into their hands as well. Because if they can invite the, the Filipinos on, then they can hit them with a counter. Um, and there are very few teams in international football at the moment that are as good as getting the counter going as as the Matildas, where they struggle a little bit is getting the ball back. And that was something that Gustafsson was keen to, to work on by the looks of things. And uh, the transitions when they were able to, to get the ball back happened much, much quicker than they probably did during the World Cup. So he would have been pleased with that. A big week ahead for the Matildas. It's only just getting started right here in Perth. And what about you, Neil? What are your duties over the next week? Um, well, I'm hoping to get out to the stadium tomorrow. There'll be a, a media opportunity there with... Um, another closed session training uh, for, for media and then uh, a press conference uh, immediately after that. So I'm hoping to get along to that. I'll be there for the game and, and then be there for the game uh, next Wednesday as well, um, doing the stuff that we do for, for Beyond 90, just reporting on that. Um, I must say, you know, five or six years ago when I first started this little journey of, of uh, writing for football, I'd never expected that it would take me to this level um, to be able to be involved in an international game like this, um, as a volunteer working for the World Cup as well, that was just an awesome experience. Um, yeah, it's just really fired up my um, 
my passion for the game once again. I'm, I'm loving every minute of it. Mm. Just quickly, I mean, you talk about the passion of the game and it's certainly something that seems to be taking over here in Australia, here in WA. Uh, there's going to be more government funding for the State Football mm. Centre, I believe, um, today. Yeah, I think there is an announcement being made. Uh, it's been flagged already that there is additional money going in uh, to the State Football Centre to uh, bring in two more pitches and also some funding for improvements to NPLW teams as well, which is fantastic news. Uh, you know, we, we want to bring in more players, but we want to make sure that the facilities that they have are, you know, of, of a high standard. And at some areas of the game, we, we do struggle. You know, it, it's, it's some games that they're, there doesn't seem to be much of a step up from community football into NPL. And having the money to improve lighting and facilities, changing room facilities, I think it's all just a continuation of the way that the women's game is growing and has grown over the last two or three years in particular. And with that, uh, the old saying, if, if, you build, if you build it, they will come. And, you know, already pre-season um, trials are going on and you can see the numbers are increasing and, and young girls are, are interested in playing the game. And certainly the mix of the crowd yesterday, there were girls and boys out there wearing shirts of the Matildas. And I think for the young boys, they don't care if they're going to watch a women's team. They've gone to watch a game of football, and that's the way that it's being viewed now, which I think is fabulous, because for many years, people just sort of looked down the nose at women's football. But now they can see the true quality that's shining through, and, and they're all getting on board with it and, and supporting it in in a manner that I don't think anybody involved in the game would have anticipated. Uh, even when the World Cup was announced, nobody in their wildest dreams would have thought they'd be seeing the scenes that they did, and it was just amazing. So, yeah, this is continuing to roll, and it's really, really encouraging. Uh, the Matildas back in action on Sunday at Optus Stadium. Huge game against the Philippines. Neil, a big thanks to you for joining me on the program this afternoon. It's been a pleasure chatting, and uh, all the very best. Thank you very much. My pleasure, and thank you for having me on. Thank you. There he goes, Neil Bennett here on Sports Drive this afternoon, chatting the latest in the round ball game following the Matildas. Great win to kick off their uh, Olympic qualifying campaign here in Perth last night against Iran 2-0.